So prepare yourself emotionally, perceptually, physically, energetically. Have a clear idea, clear intention. Know what you are going to do, why you are going to do it. And once that idea is clear in your mind, your motivation is clear in your mind, then continue to energize that motivation until it becomes a strong determination. And you feel the energy of that determination and it fills your whole being. You feel it physically, you feel it emotionally, <coughs> you feel it in your mind, you feel it energetically. basically enter into a state of tranquility that has specific properties and the reason for entering into that special tranquil state is because once we are in it we are able to bring about a definite state of transmutation a definite transformation that will address in a profound, ultimate way the concerns that drives our lives. So you want your body to cooperate you want your mind to cooperate, your emotions to cooperate. You want your whole being to cooperate. And just holding on to that determination, feeling its momentum, having some measure of that the clarity of your intentions. Then bring your attention to the whole body, sort of communicating the idea to the body without ordering the body to do anything. 
like you know you are in the right, you know you're rightly motivated, and the body will see it, and then will, on its own, so to speak, cooperate. So you sit with the whole body, just holding your intentions, holding your determination, and start to feel the body responding. Or see, feel points of tensions in the body, sort of loosening and being freed. And that very place, that very point, being replaced by something connected to the state of tranquility. A physical tranquility, a physical ecstatic state, a physical kind of clarity. And as soon as you start to feel like sparks of these happening throughout the body, now let's make it systematic. Bring your attention first to now just the legs. Do the same thing. And waiting for those sparks to happen only within the legs. And if the legs are not in a posture that is conducive to acquiring that physical sense of tranquility, listen to the legs telling you, move the legs this way, move the legs that way. Attune, adjust your energy this way, that way. And once you've made the adjustment, feel the effect of the adjustment that the point of tension is gone and that place where the tension was is replaced by a sense or something connected to tranquility. And once you feel that there isn't much more you can do for the legs, then you move your attention now to the arms in the same way, you're not ordering the arms to do anything, just presenting something, your determination, and the arms seeing the truth, and on their own, they wish to participate. And you perceive the feedback by the sense of ease, the sense of tranquility, Steady, stable. And whatever the sense of stability, whatever sense of ease you experienced with the legs, now it's now added to the same experience with the arms. Then you bring your attention now to the torso. shoulders, the back, and already start to experience as though from the physical experience of the taste of tranquility, it's having an effect on the mental 
and the more subtle states of tranquility. same way you made adjustments with the legs, you do the same with the arms and the torso and the back. It's best before you move away from the back and the torso, in addition to the pleasant sensation, try to see if there is present something like a physical sense of confidence. Then move your attention to the head and neck. <coughs> the muscles of the face, the lips, mouth, teeth, tongue. some taste of physical tranquility. And a more pronounced perception of what may be called the energy connected with the body. pleasant sensation, a sense of ease is deepening with every moment. Now gently bring your attention to the breath. Without trying to order the breath, trying to control the breath. Just observe the breath. Be aware of in-breath as in-breath is happening. Be aware of out-breath as out-breath is happening. And don't concern yourself too much about how focused is your mind on the breath, whether or not there are other things that you are perceiving that may be called distractions. Do not concern yourself with chasing them away and do not concern yourself with forcing the mind to focus. So as you continue to observe the breath in this way, that preliminary sense of ease happening to it? Is it further affecting the mind, sort of giving you a more palpable sense of what may be called a mental sense of tranquility? And notice how the very 
knowing of the sense of tranquility enhances it. addition to just observing the breath, now ha add to it the intention to keep the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken. It doesn't mean that nothing else comes into your field of perception other than the perception of the breath. It's just that the flow of awareness on the breath is not broken. It's continuous. You are aware of the beginning of the out-breath, its duration, when it ends and transforms into in-breath. So you're aware of the beginning of in-breath, its duration, and when it transforms back to out-breath. So you want to keep the flow of your awareness going from cycle to cycle, out-breath to out-breath to out-breath. And no need to force anything to happen. Just have that intention to have your mind follow the breath this way. And if your mind, if something else comes into the field of your awareness, notice when it happens. So you hear the voice when you are in the middle of breathing out. You felt an itch when you are in the middle of breathing in. So even though the itch and the voice came into the field of perception, you didn't lose the continuity of awareness of the breath. So try to keep the continuity, the flow, observing the breath for 11 cycles. And have a part of your mind observing the sense of tranquility in the body, what may be called energetically in the breath and especially the mind and don't need to force any one of those to happen just observe to see where and if
of tranquility that you're now experiencing. Is the physical tranquility more prominent <coughs> than the other sense of tranquility? Within this tranquil state, I bring your attention now to the space in front of you. Again, recall your determination. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? summon or make connection or contact with whatever it is, whoever it is that is going to infallibly take you to the fulfillment, to the realization of the obje objective of your determination. feel the presence of that infallible guide in that space in front of you. So knowing well the value of the goal you seek and feeling some degree of confidence that the means to help you achieve it is now present in front of you. You express your reverence, your gratitude. Again, you strengthen your determination let go of whatever it is that you are engaged in that is holding you back from achieving your goal and whatever activity you need to engage in that you're not yet engaged or that you need strengthen make a determination to take it on and use your <coughs> power of devotion power of determination to help you until you feel a definite energy guiding you, leading you towards the realization of your goal.
after you've connected in this way with your infallible guide. Now make a strong determination now to succeed in this meditation. and the sense of the presence of your infallible guide to the crown of your head as you strengthen further your determination. And when you feel ready, a sense of clarity about what you're doing, a sense of confidence about the goal you're seeking, then bring that momentum and the sense of the presence, bring it all into your heart center, let all that energy now guide you towards making the best of this meditation. Just take a snapshot of the sense of tranquility that you are experiencing presently. And have the intention to take a little break from this. And bring your attention to the breath. And through the breath, become aware of the body again. Stretch your legs, you can stretch your legs, make yourselves comfortable. Sorry about last uh, last Friday. Uh, something unexpected came up. 
uh, <laughs> that flu that's going around, it got me for the second time, and I decided to just stay home and not continue spreading it. <laughs> and besides, uh, I didn't have any voice, <laughs> so I stayed home and drank plenty of water. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, Within, uh, well, not only within the Mahayana uh, tradition, but in any tradition, any spiritual tradition, before you begin a particular practice of that tradition, you're supposed to hold in your mind some sort of like a, a, a sense of the ultimate goal of why you're about to engage in this particular practice. Even if it's something that seems to have no meaning to other people, like filling a bowl of water, okay? but you connect that activity with this is going to somehow connect me to my ultimate goal. Okay. For Mahayana Buddhists, it's to become a Buddha. Okay. Uh, so you, you, you have in your mind, okay, uh, but not in a <coughs> not in a sense of uh, what is called artificial forced way, like you're trying to convince yourself that somehow filling this bowl of water is gonna is gonna somehow equal enlightenment one day, okay? But just have a clear in your mind, enlightenment is what I want to reach. But somehow along the path, I'm uh, I receive instruction. I have to fill this bowl of water. I have to fill this bowl with water, okay? Uh, you may not necessarily at that moment see why filling this bowl of water, filling this bowl with water is going to somehow uh, bring in the result of enlightenment. But there is something with some, somewhere uh, uh, along the line you already uh, arrive at a certain clarity where you see there's somewhat there's a connection between this activity and then the enlightenment. Okay? But at the moment of practicing, there shouldn't be any trying to uh, see uh, why this is connected. It's not that, I'm not saying that uh, you just have to do it. I'm saying not at the moment of practice. If you are at the moment of practicing, filling the water with, uh, why am I keep saying filling the water? <laughs> filling the bowl with water, it will be a very interesting thing to fill the water with the bowl. <laughs> so, at the moment when you're doing this activity, there should only be in your mind, I'm seeking enlightenment, and now I'm doing something that's going to connect me to it. Okay? And you've already established uh, beforehand that there is a connection through whatever reasoning that you were, you were supposed to do. Not brainwashing yourself. Okay? Not forcing yourself to accept it. Okay? So if you are doing that, at the moment of filling the water, of filling the bowl <laughs> with water, it's not practicing anymore. It's examining it. Okay, so it will not give you the result that it's supposed to give you because you're not practicing. You're studying. It's like uh, studying anything. At the moment of studying, you don't automatically become whatever you're studying. Okay, if you're studying to become a doctor, you don't automatically are able to cure or able to uh, diagnose just because you're at, at the moment you're studying. Okay. But at the moment of, of practicing, all that is already part of your nature. 
You may not understand why this particular procedure somehow helps, but at that moment, there is a sense that already you established that it, there's a connection, okay? You just hold that state of mind. Uh, and it's very important to hold that state of mind because that state of mind is part of, is a major part of the practice. So it's not so much somehow in the dynamic or in the, in the molecules of the water in the bowl, there's some, uh, when they mix together, it's going to become enlightenment. It's not that. But it's in the attitude that you have while you're doing, while you're engaging in this practice. Okay? That's why some, you can give someone so-called very profound practice, and they're doing it, and they don't get the result that, those, uh, that is claimed by people who said, we have done this practice, and they have <coughs> these amazing results. Because they're not really doing the practice. Now take that sort of uh, mental attitude with whatever practice you're doing, okay? Whether it's filling the water, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Actually said bowl in my mind, but the word water came out first. <laughs> okay, maybe I shouldn't say water bowl or something. Maybe I have to think of something else. <laughs> okay, um, whether it is that, <laughs> or whether you're trying to uh, imagine, uh, uh, remember, you're not trying to imagine them, you're trying the practice of perceiving, having the attitude and perceiving the moon, okay? <clears throat> if you're, while you're doing that, you're, tr you're trying to figure out how is this connected with enlightenment? I mean, and, and the moon, I mean, people, astronauts, what's his name, what's his name? Uh, Louis Armstrong went to the moon and he didn't become enlightened, so what's the, what's the connection, okay? So if, if that's what's going on in your mind, you're not doing the practice, you're examining. What the we're examining the validity of the practice, okay? So what result are you supposed to get when you're examining the validity of the practice? Not enlightenment. Ah, I think there's a connection. That's the result you're seeking when you're examining something, okay? So you may get that result or you may not get that result, but don't expect doing that to give you enlightenment. If you expect that, you're gonna be disappointed and disappointment will become your demon. It will chase you away from the from the path. Okay. Disappointment is the biggest demon that there is. Okay. The demons that comes at you with a uh, with a pitchfork and uh, you know and fire all over them, all them. Those are very easy. Okay. If if demons were only that that way, then you know it would be very, the path would be very easy. Okay. At least you can see it. <laughs> And you can either run away from it or, you know, uh, uh, sneak, sneak behind it and then you know, do away with it. But no, not, 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 the, not disappointment. Disappointment comes to you as a friend, right? What I'm telling you is for your own good. You're wasting your time. You could do better things, okay? And you, you, uh, you accept it. You, you incorporate it. You make it part of you. And then you find yourself out of the path, okay? And you, and you, and you have very good reasons why you shouldn't be on the path anymore, okay? Because you've allowed disappointment to be your guru, okay? Now, that attitude, applying it now to what we are, uh, with, the, with, with the meditation exercise that we are doing, perceiving the moon, okay? So you sit down, you should have already established, right? Either uh, very loosely, he said it, or there must be some truth to it. <laughs> Either having established it that way. But 
you're, while you're doing the practice, there should be an attitude of, uh, I am going to see it. There should be the attitude that uh, no, you should observe the mind taking you away from that attitude. In the beginning, that itself is your practice. And the moon appearing or not appearing is just second, secondary, if you understand what I'm saying. So it's not so much the moon appears in front of you and that's the practice. But it's the attitude that you have that I want the moon to appear. It will appear. Why? Because I want it to appear. And you have that sense of confidence with you. That's, it's holding onto that, keeping that steady, keeping that firm. That's really your practice. And when that's firm and steady, the moon will just appear. You don't have to go and get uh, cheese and put them together so you can have a moon appear. Okay, the, it will appear. Now there were uh, I mentioned last time there are other parts of your mind, there are other uh, functions of your mind that make that will make you think that you are perceiving the moon when you're not. And one of the things to uh, uh, one of the ways of testing whether or not you are perceiving the moon is are you getting bored with this with this with this uh, perception? If you're getting bored with this perception, you are not perceiving the moon because the image of the the appearance of the image of the moon is an indication of something else that has happened to the mind. It's not so much really trying to create trying to create the moon trying to make the moon appear, That's of, 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 that is of utmost importance. It's the attitude of mind that you want to keep with you. Okay? So when that attitude is firm and clear, then it creates a, a, a kind of effect. There's a particular uh, uh, experience that you have in your consciousness. And this particular, uh, uh, the, 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 the appearance, the effect, in this case, is the appearance of the moon. Okay, and because the mind has achieved a certain uh, state, when you are perceiving the moon, in in in, uh, in connection with that, there is a, a a sense of wow. There's a sense of uh, uh, being uh, having your what was that what's that called? Having your attention stolen away. You're perceiving, you're perceiving beauty. Okay. There must, if that is not present, then you're just thinking you're seeing the moon when you're not. Okay. And it is when you're at that that level, because certain conditions of the minds have been uh, uh, subdued to some degree, and other qualities of the mind have been made more pronounced. And because we don't fully understand what's going on, we think it's actually it's the moon somehow that, or, that always had these qualities and now we are, we are being aware, oh wow, the moon had all these qualities I didn't, didn't know about before. That's not what's going on. Okay? The moon then suddenly uh, reveal its true nature to you that it actually can uh, bring you to enlightenment. That's not what's going on. So, because 
it's easy uh, as far as uh, the habitual tendencies of the mind are concerned. When you're perceiving something, we immediately ascribe certain things to it. So there is the, that's why it is said there is a danger. Okay, the, the danger that we're referring to is that you will think that the moon is actually something extremely beautiful. And when you're out of the meditation and someone tells you, oh, I can't stand when the moon is out there. And you're shocked that the person could say such a thing. And then you will have the delusion that you had this incredible experience where you know the moon is something beautiful. You had no such experience. Okay? It was simply an effect. There were certain conditions that the mind were in and the moon appeared. Now, I said last time that there's a deliberate reason why uh, we are inducing an, uh, a perception of the moon. It's because no matter what kind of meditation you're doing, once you reach a certain level in that meditation, there will be something uh, very close to what, what uh, perceiving the moon. I'm calling it the moon, okay, just for the sake of of, uh, of communicating it. But you know, uh, when we think of the moon, it's actually this uh, disk of white light. There is an experience of perceiving light. Okay, so from the very beginning, you are sort of like uh, thinking about perceiving light, and you're sort of like uh, uh, so instead of walking towards that state of mind, you, you jump to it. Okay? So when the, when the moon appears, it will behave, well, I have to say, it will appear to behave in certain ways. It will be shy. It will seem to be shy. It will seem to be, uh, at other times, it will seem to be forceful. At other times, it will seem to be... Uh, 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 not steady. All that are simply indications of what's going on with your mind. So the the reason for per, uh, perceiving the moon is to sort of like uh, looking. It's sort of like looking in, having your mind look into a mirror. If if the moon is uh, hazy, not clear, that means your mind is not clear. That means now you have. It's telling you you have to do something to make your mind make make your mind be clearer. That is the 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 experience of your mind has to be clearer. If it's shy, that means there's you have some sort of you have a subtle distraction that is uh, distracting you. Okay. If it's uh, appearing and disappearing, uh, it could be that you get overexcited when you see the moon. And the energy of the excitement takes you away from it. It pushes you back. So the thing is, the behavior of the moon is actually a reflection of the behavior of what's going on in your mind. It's an indication. So when the moon becomes very, 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 very bright, it means your mind is becoming brighter and brighter. And what does that mean, your mind is becoming brighter and brighter? I mean, is, is it you know, 100 watts? Uh, 75 watts, is it uh, energy uh, efficiency? No. What does it mean that it's becoming brighter? It means that 
the habits that we have uh, forced upon our minds that have obscured the mind, those habits or those residues are slowly diminishing. They are slowly losing their power. And the natural nature of the mind is becoming more and more and more and more evident. And we experience this as, as if we are looking at light. And when I say it appears as if you're looking at light, I mean as if, you know, imagine someone took a flashlight and, and just uh, put it right in front of your face. That's what, it will, that, that's what the experience should be like. If you have your eyes closed and then the light <clears throat> appears, the image of the moon appears, you will, if you feel the need to open your eyes whether or not to see if it's really a light in front of you, that means you're looking at, you're looking at the real uh, moon that you're supposed to be, to be uh, perceiving. If, and again, if, it's, if, it's, if the moon you're looking at is boring, you go, well, I wish I would see something else. Why aren't there dancing people in there? You know, uh, that means you're not really looking at the moon. Okay. And also, uh, uh, so, so this is the general thing with whatever meditation, whatever, whatever you're meditating on. So if it was the image of the Buddha that you were, that you were meditating on, so the image of the Buddha will have those qualities that those, the same uh, behavior as the moon. The image of the Buddha will be faded. The image of the Buddha will be shy. The image of the Buddha will be brighter or, or dim. All that is not, it's not because you encountered a, a, a dim-witted Buddha. It's not because you <laughs> encountered a, a shy Buddha. This is your mind, okay? <laughs> And it doesn't matter if the Buddha is exhibiting uh, uh, incredible qualities or it's not exhibiting any qualities. It's just your mind. Okay? Uh, uh, so, in the same way, and also if it's, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a visual object. It could be an, an emotion. If the emotion seems to be there but not quite there, if the emotion seems to be vividly experienced, if the emotion, and then the, the, the emotion itself will have that sense of beauty. That it will have a sense of attraction. It will have a sense of brightness to it. Okay? Like uh, if you're looking at uh, love, if love is if the image, if the, uh, the object of your meditation, okay, the emotion of love will be palpable within you. And it, it will seem to have a sense of luminosity about it. Okay? So all that, the luminosity, the, the sense of clarity, all those are just telling you what's happening with your mind. And when you, why should you know that? When you know that, the tendency of the mind to uh, throw out, uh, in this case, misunderstandings upon, upon what's going on and then be attached to the misunderstanding, like uh, what was the example I gave you? About the moon, someone tells you, "Oh my God, I, I, I can stand that thing in the sky. It's called the moon." And then you 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 think that you had a, a profound experience where you know the moon for, in its true nature. You know it's beautiful, okay? And you're convinced because you, you had that experience. Or, <coughs> uh, I mean, it could be anything, whatever, <laughs> okay? So for the mind not to be to go, uh, uh, because if the mind goes into that path, and that path is uh, what is referred to as grasping. Okay, if the mind goes into its natural habit of grasping, all it's doing is 
reaching a certain state and making that state the final. And then having established in your mind a sense of, okay, this is the final, then of, then of course the, the mind will not have the sense of energy or the sense, the need to, to, to make any further progress. It will just stay there. And then eventually that beautiful moon will, yeah, it will become boring after some time. So you're stopping your progress if you're beginning to grasp at the experiences. If you saw the <laughs> image of the Buddha, it's wonderful. That means you're making, you're, you're, you're on the right, you're, uh, you're uh, following the, the steps correctly. And that was the experience you were supposed to have. Don't just stop there. Don't think all of a sudden you're holy because the Buddha came to visit you. Okay? It was just your mind. Okay? All right. Uh, Now, in the, in the process of trying to get to see the moon, this is what the very Zen-like kind of uh, instruction, you know, uh, be re relaxed, don't grasp, uh, uh, don't do anything. Uh, don't try hard to see. <laughs> don't try hard. It's going to sound very uh, uh, like I'm telling you not to do anything but I'm actually asking you to stop doing something so something else can happen. Don't try hard to make the image of the moon appear. Don't let your focus be on intently making the image of the moon appear. You will disappoint yourself. And when disappointment comes, frustration comes, and then that's it. Okay. So focus mainly on the attitude. I want to see the moon. I'm going to see the moon. Why? Because I want to see the moon. That's why the moon will appear. So have that maintain that maintain that state. And as you maintain that state, then the moon, the shy moon, will appear. It will be like it will be over here, not really fully appearing. And don't go, don't turn around to look at it. Okay? <laughs> Let it, because if you do that, if it's shy, it's gonna run away, right? So just continue with that attitude. I want to see the moon. And I'm going to see the moon because I want to see the moon. And then the moon will come to you. And then when you see the moon, don't get too excited. Okay? Oh, I saw the moon. I saw the moon. <laughs> You're going to just make the moon run away from you. Okay? Oh, my God. Can't, this person is crazy. <laughs> okay? And look for what else is happening to the mind as this is happening. Okay? What else is happening to the mind? To the other perceptions that you were having before? What were in the beginning the subtle experiences? The, the subtle way of, of, of perceiving that the, the body became, uh, came to your, to your awareness? What's happening with that? Uh, and there must be a palpable sense of mind. Just like uh, if you can imagine you were not, you're not aware of, of your breath. Can you control it? Can you exercise any kind of control over it if you're not aware of the breath? So in the same sense, there must be a palpable sense that there's a phenomena and I'm sensing and I think that's the mind. There must be a palpable sense of it. Okay. 
and then be aware of its level of tranquility, level, level of clarity, of level of joy. Okay? Just be aware of it. Don't try to induce them. You have a question? Attaining this state where there is this luminosity is not a final, it's not, the, it's not an ultimate end. When you arrive at this luminosity, then uh, when, I, when I mention, when I describe meditation as entering into uh, what may be called, uh, uh, what did I call that, something about creativity. Come on, can I come out here, rem uh, help me, remind me. <laughs> It's like uh, the source of creation itself. Okay. Now you've entered the source of creation. And that's what, that's what that feel, the source of creation is like. There's luminosity, there's bliss, there's uh, a sense of confidence. Now, this is just now, uh, it's like a, a, a pure blank slate. It's up to you now to use that to have um, some sort of uh, uh, creation come out of it, and what we want, and and not, I'm not talking about creation in the sense of like you know you put this and uh, add things together kind of thing, but uh, rather than creation, we might even think of transformation. Now, now that you've made contact with this luminosity, with this luminous nature of the mind, then you are within a level of consciousness where you can have conscious. Uh, uh, conscious, uh, palpable. Um, the thing is, you end up with transformation, and it's happening consciously, deliberately, and it's not just like uh, maybe transformation is taking place, but you're actually right now in the in the place where transformation can and will take place. I mean, it's a beautiful, incredible, profound experience when you're in that luminosity perception. And, and people who, who are advanced enough to get to that state, because it took so much to get there, they might think, this is it, I've reached it, okay, now I'm enlightened. No, you're not enlightened. Now you have the real means to achieve enlightenment. Okay? So, so far we are looking for the means, that, the tool that's going to actually bring about enlightenment. All right. Actually, that's a good way of summarizing step one. <laughs> okay. All right. And let's uh, so take that attitude. <coughs> so your job is not really to see a moon. It's to hold on to the intention that you're going to see the moon. And if the moon appears in the beginning, what would you call that kind of attitude? Uh, be a pretender. Be, pretend as if you don't care that the moon is there. I mean, you're very excited about it, but pretend that you don't, ah, it's just the moon. You know. 
Let me just hold on to my attitude. That's my real practice. And once that mood is steady, then you can direct your attention towards it. Okay? All right. Let's go. So try to go and have that experience of tranquility you had before. The way it felt in the body, the way it felt in the mind. energetically in the breath. Call your determination. So you can feel its energy, so its energy can help you. So you can expedite the process.
conscious. Observe the level of tranquility that you're experiencing. The moon may have appeared, may not have appeared, may have flashed, may have been steady. But in any case, in that pursuit, it has brought you into this to experience this sense of tranquility. And know that this tranquility is a wanted state. That is, you you would not mind staying in it. You would not mind experiencing it. And you didn't arrive at it by harming someone, by intending to harm someone. in the state, you don't want to harm someone. So harming another is not a result of achieving the state. It's not a cause of achieving the state. So within this tranquility, within this understanding, think of those who are caught up with the delusion that somehow they can get to the state that you're experiencing by harming someone. And let your compassion embrace them. Know that they are under the influence of delusions. through the power of that compassion. Have a strong wish that they can experience the truth they just experienced. That the state of contentment, this taste of contentment has nothing to do with harming another. so that you can help them also, in some way, come to this realization. So let that compassion become all-consuming. Let it not discriminate, let it embrace all. especially those who, are, who have come under the delusion, who are about to engage in harming someone, who are already engaged in harming someone, thinking that somehow at the end of this, they will achieve some sense of tranquility. So dedicate this very measure of tranquility to them.
let your compassion get to the point, to the strength where you're willing to give away this tranquility to them. There is a place, a person, where this realization is needed desperately. Embrace that place, embrace that person with your compassion and make a gift of this measure of tranquility that you're experiencing. Again, reflect on your ultimate goal and make a dedication. <clears throat> and for this to have meaning for your life rather than just something that happens within a few hours during the week, but something that will have <coughs> significance for your whole life, have the intention to take with you into your regular life the realization, whatever realization you may have gained. They will become the motivator for your actions. The motivation, the motivator for how you will relate with others. And holding on to that, have the intention to come out of the meditation, bring your attention to the breath, and through the breath, become aware of the physical body again, the way you were aware of it before the meditation. wish to see you again next Friday. <laughs> I don't know what's going to catch me next Friday, <laughs> but uh, that's my intention, to come here next Friday. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.